The following program is brought to you by Mind's Eye, the virtual newsstand. Welcome to 501 Crossroads. This is Marjorie Moore. Uh, today on the show, we're going to be talking about millennials. And I don't think it's going to be what you think. We're not going to be complaining about millennials. We're not going to be complaining about baby boomers. We're not going to be complaining about anybody. Um, like every time on the show where we remember we're um, all looking for the same outcome. So we're going to be finding some solutions today. So I've got uh, two millennials uh, in the studio with me today. I've got Alex Matthews, who is a graphic designer and social media ma- manager for a local nonprofit. Hi, Alex. Hi, Marjorie. Tell us just a little bit about what you do. All right, great. Um, I manage social media profiles and do graphic design work for print collateral websites, um, other internet marketing formats. And I have eight years of experience almost exclusively with different nonprofits, charitable organizations, churches, etc. Um, so that's really kind of my bread and butter. That's what I've come up with in my career. Awesome. And then we also have Liz Smith. Liz is a real estate agent for Remax Results, and she is also on the board and a volunteer of several nonprofits. So Liz, tell us just a little bit about you and all the things you're involved in. Yes. Thank you, Marjorie. I'm so excited to be here. Um, as you said, I am a real estate agent and then I'm involved with a couple different organizations. So I'm very active and helped start the St. Vincent Home for Children Young Friends Committee. Um, I participate with St. Patrick's Center um, downtown. And I originally was involved with their young friends and now I'm on their board of trustees, which is kind of like the next step. Uh, I participate with my neighborhood association in Southampton. I do the St. Louis Gaelic Athletic Club for fun. So kind of a couple different areas where I have a little bit more involvement and less involvement in others. Awesome. I'm really glad you're both here. And um, Alex, I think, is tweeting that he's here right now. So um, I'll never tell. One of the uh, one of the many ways that, or one of the reasons I kind of wanted to bring us all together today is a couple of weeks ago there was an article in the New York Times called "What Happens When Millennials Run the Workplace," and the article kind of struck my eye because I thought, oh gosh, I'm a millennial, I'm running a workplace that well, is basically a bunch of millennials, except we've got a, we've got a couple a uh, couple Gen Xers, maybe one Boomer. I'm not really sure on everybody's age, um, and my workplace is nothing like the article depicted. And I thought, gosh, I wonder how many people are reading that going, oh my gosh, the workplace is going to hell in a handbasket. So um, I don't know if you guys, you guys read the story about the station or the um, website, Mike, Mm -hmm. about uh, my favorite story from that was the one where um, the guy took off work to, to build a uh, treehouse. Uh, said he was, what was he sick or somebody died at a I funeral at a, a funeral instead <laughs> and then blogged about it throughout the day. <laughs> so, and they wondered why he got in trouble. So, right. um, you guys, you guys are in workplaces and in nonprofits. What do you think? Uh, what did you think when you read that? I think that it's just crazy because people make an assumption based off like one person's bad behavior. And then you hear the story like 800 times. And I think with millennials, you hear all these stories about like, they're so crazy. They don't communicate. They don't do this. They sit on Twitter and Facebook all day. And like, that's kind of how people think that we, we don't interact in other ways and that we can't be really successful um, and go getters and conform a little bit, I guess. Real estate isn't a brand new career. It's been around for a long time. <laughs> the average age of a real estate agent's like 55 or 58. So um, I'm definitely young for that type of workplace. Um, but still, you know, I'm excited about it and passionate about it and love some of the flexibility, which might be why I'm a realtor and not do something else in a traditional office. <laughs> um, I, I think it's, it really came across as someone that was trying to 
grind an axe against hiring younger people, against turning over leadership roles to younger people. Um, a lot of the things he talked about, he, he pointed out one dude that was on a hoverboard that was <laughs> not even walking to get the free snacks that he was offered. It, 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 things like that to me, while it might happen with this one person, um, really just seem like bad caricatures. And I, I really, um, for me personally, at least, I, I think that there's not an issue with millennials in the workplace. There's an issue with bad workers in the workplace. <laughs> and that doesn't have to be young bad workers. I, I've, I've not personally, if any of my coworkers ever hear this, worked with anybody who's a bad employee, but I've heard that they exist and they really bring anyone down regardless of the generation they're in. I, I, I don't think it's something that is particular to any one generation more than another. Absolutely. I think that that's, that's kind of one of the, the key things is um, just, you know, everybody's kind of, everybody, well, everybody's a person. I was going to say everybody's kind of a person, but everybody's a person, yeah. I think. <laughs> um, and I think that, you know, sometimes it's really easy to lump people into groups and just say all of them are doing this. Uh, I think that younger people in general are always going to pick up your newer technology, whether they're millennials. Mm. I, I'm sure like I, re I know my mom has told me over and over about when they finally got a record player and she started playing the Beatles and her dad just lost his mind because it was that hippie music. And just he wouldn't let her play it in the house. I mean, just insane stuff. <laughs> That's not um, <laughs> So, you know, it's kind of well, kind of one of those things. It's always it, the kids of, you know, whoever your kids are, I think, is the maybe the, the ones you want to look down on. Millennials are now the biggest uh, group of people in the workplace. Absolutely. So they took over boomers recently, mm -hmm. which is kind of exciting, kind of scary. You know, we're getting a lot of leadership passed down to us, which is exciting. So. Now, Alex, you work in a place that has probably more boomers, more Gen Xers. Yes. And are you the only millennial or are there um, others? I, I am. I am okay. the only one at this point. So tell us about that dynamic. We don't have to name names or anything like that. And but... I most certainly will not. Um, <laughs> <laughs> however. Or you can um, talk about former workplaces, too. Oh, no. Whenever you were talking about how millennials are the... Um, they're on the cusp of new technology. We, mm -hmm. we have all of these new tools and all of these new toys that are available to us. Um, I, I think that that's for me that that is the biggest drawback because I do happen to work in a 40 hour a week traditional office environment. And, um, I would love nothing more than to light the phone on fire and put it in a <laughs> closet and never see it again. But so many people, that's like their first means of communication. Um, it's the same. I, I, I won't be the other cranky young man on the Internet <laughs> complaining about uh, superfluous meetings. But <laughs> I've had so many meetings over the course of my career that could have been a text message could have been an email if it needed something with a little more detail. And so I think in a lot of ways that to, to speak to your point earlier um, might seem impersonal or it might seem like I don't want to communicate, but it's quite the opposite. I, I have so many things. And I think that that's one thing we see in today's workplace is um, there's less people doing more things. And, and so for me, I, I need to manage my time and be as efficient as possible. And so I can handle four emails in a minute. I can't do anything else if I'm on the phone taking notes, et cetera, or if I'm sitting in a conference room having a 
face-to-face meeting. So for me, those are the biggest hangups that I see as a millennial working without other millennials around. Cause, and, and not that it's a bad thing. It's just the way people are used to communicating, but it's not the way I prefer to communicate. Absolutely. Now, Liz, you're on a couple of boards. How does, hmm. how does being a millennial play out on, especially nonprofit boards? So I think that there's a, like a default go-to for like the nonprofit, like, oh, the young people, let's put them on the social media, that Twitter thing. <laughs> you know, I don't tweet. Um, perfect example right now. Um, they're doing a, there's a social media challenge for Ikea with um, St. Vincent's. And so we need people to click the link and vote. Sister Mary Ann is on our board. She's like, okay, like, do you have to be in St. Louis to vote on the link? I'm like, no, send it to everyone you know, no matter where they live. It's cool. Like get them all to vote. But it is, I think sometimes they like delegate you to the like, oh, you go be the social media person. And I think um, for millennials, there are other skills and other ways that they can challenge and help people think differently and be more effective. And I think efficiency is something that um, sometimes young people can grasp because they do grasp new tools that cut out things and meetings in a traditional sense that are too long. Um, it's like, what could you do offline and talk about in person? What could you read in preparation of the meeting so you don't have to read through it at the meeting? No. Oh, yeah. Actually, that is my my number one like board drive me nuts sort of thing is the people that don't read the packet. And I can't say that that's one group or another. That's kind of everybody. Okay. But like, I think, <laughs> but yeah. I think that there is some of this, like yeah. what could, what could be done via text message and group messaging and, and yeah. things like that, that can be really effective. Technology like Slack, where, where you have basically a water cooler that people can be involved in. If you're, I don't if you're working what you're on a team. About. Tell so, us about Slack. So, oh, Slack. <laughs> and, and we, we don't use it, uh, where I work my day job, but if I were in a collaborative environment, um, Slack is more or less a, chat room, um, to, to the best of my understanding for, um, a, a personal, if it's a team or a group of people, or you wanted to have your board involved and you can do share files, you can communicate and everyone can so cool. be in or out. <laughs> um, they have a little Giphy file, um, a, a little thing where you can send gifts back and forth to people. Oh, um, better. So, um, <laughs> and it's one of those things that it's easy enough to, turn off and ignore Mm -hmm. whenever you need to get focused, but you can jump right back in on the conversation or if you need to have that kind of conversation. So it's just kind of the um, hot new thing that people are using, I guess. Actually, that sounds really cool. I'm going to be becoming a president of a board pretty soon here and looking at the ways that our board's communicating by email and, you know, people going back and responding to emails that have been done with for a long time oh, <laughs> because they've been like on vacation outlook. yeah, yeah. Like how their outlook is set so, up so they're reading kind of like yeah that. and so kind of going okay what can we do to make this more efficient um and that's like my favorite thing in the world is making things more efficient I'm so sure. um one of the things that alex was alex and i were talking about earlier and liz i think you jumped in on the conversation before we got started was um this idea that grouping people into well, Alex, why don't you just tell us about the video you sent me? <laughs> okay, uh, I found a video online actually this afternoon, so the timing could not have been more appropriate, um, by Adam Conover, who is from the show Adam Ruins Everything on True TV. Um, he's a it's funny a or die <laughs> guy. Um, I've not watched the show personally, but my mom has told me over and over again that he's like what I'll be in a few years and that I should uh, <laughs> probably get in line and be more successful, I think is really what she was getting at. Um, but he was asked to speak more or less on marketing to millennials at a web conference. And as is his gimmick, he decided instead of 
talking about reaching out to millennials, he would come at it from the angle of marketing generationally is not the way to go. He, he titled his talk, Millennials Don't Exist. Um, and I thought that this quote was very apropos. He said, young people don't want you to talk to them in their language. They want you to talk to them like they're intelligent people worthy of respect. Um, you You alluded <laughs> earlier to the fact that we're now the biggest generation on earth. We are the biggest generation currently in the workplace. Um, we're the most diverse generation and we're the most educated generation. Statistically, oh, yeah. <laughs> all, all, all of these things fall into line. And, and so I, I think that while one of the big stereotypes and they refer to it in your fun little New York Times article <laughs> that you sent around that um, we're self-absorbed, that we're living in our own world, that we don't want to participate, that we don't want to be a part of something where I, I think it's more an issue of for us, we have access to all kinds of information. We're flooded with information. We have more information than we want or probably need. And as a result, we're looking for something that we can really get behind, something that really matters. Um, we're, we're not the, I, I think, a rebuttal article to the one you sent around. <laughs> mentioned. We're, we're not the generation with three channels on the TV anymore. Yeah. So, so we're looking for something that we can passionately get behind. Now, that's not to say to reach us, you have to try to market us or we're, we're not monolithic, as he was quick to point out. It's, it's not one demographic, one group of people, um, one interest set. We're, we're not a voting block if you're following the election right now. Um, oh, I thought we were. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, sorry. But I, I've seen like three articles in the last couple of days about how millennials aren't a voting block. <laughs> how how oh, we're, we're not all throwing our weight one way or the other. Now, mm -hmm. there's obviously trends, but that's not everyone. And so you can't speak for everyone. And it's always been the same. Um, he pointed out just back to self-absorption, the fact that it's not that millennials are more narcissistic than previous generations. It's that young people are more narcissistic than older people. Yeah. <laughs> and, and we just happen to be the younger people right now. Mm -hmm. So of course we seem more narcissistic. That doesn't necessarily mean we are, because as you go through life stages, as you marry, as you have kids, grandkids, at each one of these, you tend to answer questions with a little bit less ego, and and you tend to think of yourself a little bit less and others a little bit more, and, and so that that none of these things are specific to the millennial generation. We just happen to have more information, more technology. We're what you see in the news because we're the people that know how to make the news these days. Oh, yeah. And so people aren't focusing on people that are already kind of settled into life. They're, they're focusing on things that are disruptive. Yeah. And uh, ah! <laughs> <laughs> that's the word. <laughs> now, one of the things you said reminded me of something I think I saw over and over as I was well, as I, as I hear about millennials and different things, but especially um, as I was preparing for this, that I often see that the quote, basically, millennials want to promote their cause through your organization. And I always kind of thought that that was kind of, a, I just think it's a weird thing because, you know, I don't think of my organization in quotes as, as mine. I think it, that as the communities, as our boards, as our volunteers, and I think that somebody who wants to engage in that is part of that. And so that kind of us versus them sort of mentality, I think, is kind of tough. Liz, have you experienced any of that kind of 
you know, this is my cause, your organization and in anything that you've worked with? I would say like to that point, like I, I think that the advantage that you, that people are missing when it's like, oh, it's ours and you're promoting your cause through our organization is you're right that they're not looking at it from collaboration where it's, it's a cause and there's lots of different people who can get behind it and the advantage of having a variety of people is that they know new, they're introducing you to new networks and teaching you about things that you didn't know about and becoming part of that community. Cause I do think it's kind of, it's such a one-sided way to think of things. Mm-hmm. Um, I have seen some stuff where people are very passionate about a particular cause. So why wouldn't they, you want them to champion the same cause that you're championing, championing, oh, exactly. right? You know, like homelessness, there's lots of ways to, deal with homelessness. So why not get them behind you or, you know, um, cats, puppies, you know, pu- dang puppies. They're hard to compete with. You can't compete with If you're a nonprofit puppies that deals kids. with the puppies, yeah. <laughs> those puppy nonprofits, man. Puppy, you know, we, we the make a lot of money if we could get a, a puppy kid nonprofit together. Yeah. Like a, just mush yeah, them together. Mush like them. these puppies that come in and like they the babysit kids and, and teach them life skills. Or what about, I, I know some <laughs> of the shelters like, look for people to like play with animals. What yes. if it was connecting like, Bored kids with, yes, puppies, with puppies and puppies to play with. And so, like, I mean, care. right? It would just like make more money because, like, those nonprofits, like, right, the puppies. Look at the joy on the kid and the, the puppy. puppy. <laughs> it's and, like, inescapable. The, the puppy videos where the puppy, like, does something cute and mm. you keep watching it or the kitty. I, I can't I can't stop watching animal webcams when I find one. Right? They're just fun. So. And they do, like, all sorts of silly stuff. I don't know. Hopefully the St. Zoo does well. I mean, it's a cool organization, but they got animals. Oh, they cool got stuff. so many animals. <laughs> and the penguin cam back to your live stream. Oh, the penguin cam back? Is it not? I don't I, know. I thought I that they had it going on during all the renovation. I had to turn uh, I had to like unfavorite it so that I could get some work done. Creativity. <laughs> penguins are awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Just watch the penguins all day. Watch puppies all day. I, I could do it. Um, so Sorry. we've got it. That's okay. I feel like we got distracted <laughs> about puppy videos. I do. Camp well, one thing that I want to plug next week's show because, um, kind of that us versus them, our organization thing, we're actually going to be talking about that next week. Uh, oh, good. Tracy Bianco, who Liz, I think knows through an organization we're involved in called the business women connecting is actually going to be coming on. Um, she's got a great, great slant on how to get your volunteers more involved. And it's all about being our organization. So really excited about that. That's next week. Before we, we move on to the NPBWG, the nonprofit buzzword game, um, what do you guys have maybe one parting thought about, you know, millennials in the workplace, millennials on nonprofits? You know, one, one thing you want to make sure that if you've got any boomers out there listening or if you've got any, I, whatever the generation below us is listening, what do you, what do you want them to know? Um, how to, what's, what's the one takeaway from today? They're both pointing at each we're, other. We're pointing <laughs> at each other. Um, I, I think for me, the the biggest, and like I said, it's the point that most resonated with me out of that video we mentioned, um, is the fact that millennials were, were not some kind of weird anomaly, and we're not anything that's different than any generation that's preceded us. We just have different tools and different technology and different methods. And this happens from time to time. I I still have to ask every time I send a fax how to use <laughs> the stinking fax machine. I oh, killed right. the fax machine. <laughs> I've, I've sent less than five faxes in my entire life. And I literally worked for a print shop that sent faxes for people as a service. I didn't even do it there <laughs> whenever it was a service that we offered. You know, there's a website to send faxes. 
Yeah. It's just fantastic. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. You just blew my mind. But, but in the same way that faxes aren't particularly commonplace, except for a couple people that I work with, um, <laughs> won't tell that story. Um, I, I think that what it's important to realize is that there's always going to be new methods and new technologies and new communication strategies. And, and I think that as opposed to shunning those, the best thing we can probably do is embrace them. And, and obviously sitting in a chat room all day is not going to appeal to a lot of people, no. <laughs> but it, it, it's not really any different than screaming down office to office, which, which I'm sure happens. <laughs> So, so in or my the mind, million and a half reply all oh. to the reply all to the reply all. Please uh, take me off of this list. <laughs> you you wow. can reply to one person. You know that, correct? <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I think that that for me is where I get hung up the most is, is people like to dump on millennials all the time for being self-absorbed or for being on our gadgets or on our computers or our phones. Cause our computers are in our pockets nowadays. Yeah. Um, and, and but they don't, right <laughs> Hey, and they don't, uh, they, they don't understand that that's just because this is our water cooler. This is our picking up the phone. And in some ways it's more efficient or it's better that it, it's a lot easier to Dropbox somebody a file than to walk and deliver a handful of papers that they then have to scan. Oh. This is something that has gotten better with technology. <laughs> it makes business more efficient and, and it's easier to collaborate. I, I think what people need to realize is rallying around those things will help you engage millennials more. It's not necessarily that you're trying to adapt to their culture. It's that they're on to something in a lot of cases. At least that's my experience. Absolutely. And Liz, what do you, what do you got? And I know you have a, you have an event coming up too. So oh, yeah, yeah. So I'll plug my, I'll plug my event. Um, but yeah, no, I would say that for millennials, like you said a little bit, we're not that different, but the biggest thing is just to ask us, what do you want to do? How can you be involved? Because I think um, in every age group, you have people who are going to be great volunteers and not, and other people that aren't going to be good volunteers or people who are going to be a good board member or a bad board member. It has nothing to do with age. So um, I think don't miss out on engaging someone who's young um, to get them really connected to your mission and vision. They could be a great worker bee. And as they grow in their career, they could become a potential big donor. You don't know. We've got lots of ideas. You never know, know where the next Twitter is coming from <laughs> or Instagram or Square, uh, which, you know, was started here in St. Louis. So, you know, the ability to engage people um, is always there and we communicate maybe a little differently, but still just ask us what it is that we need and we can really be there and be a big support. So, um, yeah, my cool event is trivia because you've never been to a St. Louis trivia night. Um, April 16th for St. Vincent Home for Children. It's at the Sheet Metal um local 36 hall down at Jefferson and Shoto. So seven o'clock is when trivia starts on the 16th and you can get tickets at St. Vincent home.org, but we are not like most St. Louis nonprofits. We spell it S A I N T V I N C yeah, V-I-N-C-E-N-T dot org. So that's our website to hit us up. If you can join us for a table, I'd love to have you. Awesome. I, that sounds like it's going to be a fun event. Trivia nights are always like, that's a St. Louis original, I think. I think and they're is. awesome. So now we're going to do a quick round of, um, and I'm sorry, I always forget it myself. NPBWG. We've got to have our acronyms. That stands for nonprofit buzzword game. And so what we do is we've each drawn a, um, 
Toronto phrase, common in nonprofits. And we're going to quiz each other on what these really need, what these really mean. We actually took this idea from my favorite blog, uh, Nonprofit with Balls. Um, awesome blog. If you, if you love to laugh, uh, read that. It's great. Um, so subscribing Liz, as we speak. Yes. Go to it. <laughs> it's really good. Um, Liz, what, what's yours? We're going to, we're going to ask Alan what, or Alex, what yours, uh, yeah. yours really means. Yeah. So mine is, this is a polite culture. Especially when it comes to hiring, as I think what this refers to. Heidi has given us so many HR complaints <laughs> <laughs> that I'm going to have to ask you to not wear that T-shirt on casual Fridays anymore. <laughs> Sorry, Heidi. <laughs> I don't know a Heidi. <laughs> I, I will never forget. I, I just have to relay a quick story. I went to the Missouri State Capitol. Um, so it's almost been a year ago now. Watching the gallery. And one of the um, legislators had kind of stopped proceedings, you know, raise his hand, however you jump into that. And he wanted to censure one of his co-representatives for wearing an extremely loud jacket. <laughs> right. He could not concentrate with it. And I, I, I'm hoping it was a joke. I hope yeah. it was a joke. <laughs> so. It wasn't a joke. <laughs> There's no way it was a joke. All right, Liz, I'm going to give you okay. this one. Um what does it mean if I say, you know what, they've they've supported us for a really long time? I think that, ah, oh, that's an interesting one. So I feel like what you're really saying is, like, this is all they're going to do. Like, we can't ask them for more because maybe it's something along those lines where, well, this is what they always do. Mm-hmm. So they're not going to do anything else. But if you haven't asked them, which we sometimes don't want to do because they're afraid to ask. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if you have a different interpretation. I but- don't know. Alex, do you have another one? Do you have one for, they've supported us for a really, really long time? I just keep going back to Heidi and her complaints. I'll uh, skip <laughs> yes, out on no, this one. Heidi. <laughs> I, I saw this one and I thought, gosh, this, this obviously means uh, do not make these people angry. <laughs> yeah, don't make them angry. Yeah, like you, or that like they wanted to donate something and you're going to take it whether you want it or not. <laughs> Maybe. Oh, yes. <laughs> like, uh, oh, we're going to give you, we're going to give you a piece of art that's not going to sell at your auction, but they've been supporting you a really long yeah. time. So we're going to put that in the auction. Thank you, Aunt Bernice. I love the sweater you knitted <laughs> for the organization. <laughs> it's wonderful. I will never forget our first couple of charity auctions. Oof. <laughs> Oof. <laughs> and Alex, what do you got? I think this one might be for, for me. For you, Marjorie. <laughs> and speaking of which, we must be able to innovate our fundraising. Um, our direct mail isn't doing very well and we need to go after some corporations, I think is what that means. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe, um, whatever X that event didn't go so well. So we need to come up with a new event or <laughs> who would have known five emails a day was going to get us 20 unsubscribes a day. A day. What? Yeah. <laughs> That happens to me so often around Christmas time. We, you know, we really want those year of gifts, but ooh, right, not worth <laughs> it. Well, or like, I think sometimes to you, like, um, as a and in any kind of marketing, you have to like make sure your message is clear because not ever, no one's opening all of your emails. Okay, you're the only one opening all of your emails. Okay, you wrote it. You know what it says. It's, it's you're the only one opening all those emails. <laughs> Uh, so you want to be clear and good size. So Liz, I got one, one more yeah. for you cause we got a little bit of time. Sure. Um, so you, you're on a board, you, rec- you yeah. help recruit board members yeah. because you're a good board member. Yes. And so when you tell somebody that our board of directors is engaged and empowered, what does that mean? 
Oh, well, I hope it means they're making lots of money for the organization and they're out there t- bringing everybody on board and getting everybody to that gala and everybody to that trivia night and everything in between. Um, that's think, what we're supposed to interpret. Right. As. That's what you're supposed to interpret as. Now, perhaps that might mean in, in other terms, like, Oh, you know, we're, we've got board members, but we're not necessarily looking for someone else, which might be. May not be the best choice as a nonprofit. Maybe you got to keep your options open for someone who's <laughs> new and different that doesn't fit the mold of your other, other board members because that could really take your agency to the next phase or bring in some ideas that you hadn't thought um, about or you know help you to become a stronger organization as you engage new um, new supporters because any nonprofit has to have its cause and its supporters who can you know take on that cause. Yeah, have some fun. Now I read this and I thought as an executive director. I thought, gosh, that this means my board's going to micromanage me and um, not do what I want them to do. Yeah, <laughs> they're not they're not out there raising money like that. Yeah, the they, board. yeah. they're so, going to tell you where's that money coming from. Exactly, and like, that's oh, your job. It's a brand. So it'll it's, be awesome. It's our job together to raise money. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to thank you both for coming on the show and talking a little bit, bit about millennials and the workplace and nonprofits. I think. I think we kind of, I think I learned a lot. Um, hopefully our listeners learned a lot. I hope you guys both come back. Again, we had Alex Matthews, graphic designer and social media manager. Liz Smith, real estate agent with Remax Results. She wanted to give out her phone number, but we'll, we'll have that on the website. <laughs> um, as always, all of the articles that we referenced, the video that Alex talked about, um, those are all going to be on our Facebook page, which you can find us at 501 Crossroads. Um, on Facebook. Um, and if you see the awesome logo, Alex designed it. So, you know, if you're looking for somebody to do some graphic design, he might, he might be help, willing to help. So, mm-hmm. um, thank you again for joining us on uh, 501 Crossroads. Remember, we're all working towards the same outcome. <laughs>